All right, so let's just jump into it because uh, I don't got very much time. So uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to kind of just touch base in the last couple weeks. The last couple weeks that we've been teaching. Uh, it's funny how I say we've been teaching as if you've been up here with me teaching with me. But in spirit, you're up here, man. Amen. In the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we have been teaching. That's good, man. That'll preach. So we have been preaching and teaching uh, about some good stuff, uh, looking, at, um, looking at all the blessings that Christ has given us, all the things that Jesus has done. And so we looked at uh, look and be faithful. I said, man, this mic is loud. What is the deal with this thing, man? It's a little better. Uh, I said that if you look at all the blessings of Christ, and you look at all that he did for you and he did and all that he did for you and all that he gave you, you will know and, and learn to be thankful, uh, to be grateful, to actually uh, take what God's given you, to look at it, to take it and go, man, I'm so thankful and I am so grateful. I said that you're, it, the, if you're not a grateful and thankful person, it's because you just haven't looked at what God has already done and what he's still doing. I said, look at what he did for us and gave us. Be thankful and grateful for it. Look and be thankful. That was two weeks ago. Uh, so in our life, we need to always be looking at the right thing. Amen? There's so many things you can look at. And if you look at the wrong thing, you're not going to be thankful. If you look at your heart, you're not going to be thankful. If you look at your own conscience, meaning how you feel, you're not going to be thankful. But when you look at Jesus and all that he has done, you're going to be thankful. You're going to be a grateful person. And so it's important that we look and we be thankful. And the best way to look is to open up, crack open that dusty Bible, get on the inside of it, and let it get on the inside of you. And you will be thankful and, faith and, and grateful. Amen? Last week we talked about something. Uh, we talked about being faithful. A little bit different. But I think that if you're really thankful, you'll be faithful. Amen? If you're really thankful, you'll be faithful. If your dad gives you a uh, 2009 black <clears throat> Chevy, uh, you're going to be thankful. I'm not talking about anybody. Why are you all laughing? You're going to be real thankful, and you're not just going to let it sit in your driveway, are you? You're going to be faithful, unless you like Fords or something. You're going to be faithful. You're going to take care of the car. You're going to clean the car. You're going you're gonna to wash it, and then you're going to drive the truck, Right? If you're real thankful, you're going to be faithful with it. You're going to take care of it. And I talked about that you should unpack and apply what God has given you. Take, it's like the talents. Remember the guy who got the, the five talents, the two talents, and the one talent? I said, take that bag of talents, unpack it, and apply it in your life. That's how you should be faithful. Be faithful with what God has given you by unpacking it and applying it in your life. I said that God has not given you grace for display, but grace for employ. God did not give you grace for display. I talked about my little display knife that was... Exactly. But God has given you grace to employ, to utilize in your life. Not to sit on your shelf and to shine up and polish up every once in a while. But God has given you grace and He has blessed you to use, to utilize, to employ in your life. Amen? And now we're going to the third part of this. I really believe that 
uh, all things should work in threes. That's why we look at and believe that that's not why, but one of the reasons that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they work all together. They are a triune God. It's the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, we also believe there's lots of other threes in the Scripture, in the Bible. The Bible says a three-chord strand cannot easily be broken, and so I like putting things together in threes. It's nice and packaged. Nothing's leaving. It's complete. It's comprehensive. So I'm going to add one more thing before we start a new series, because next week we're having Mark Drake come and preach. It's going to be really, really good. If you're a Christian, uh, I really encourage you to be here. If you're not, I encourage you to be here. So that means all of you, I think you should be here. Uh, to have Mark Drake really teach you about God's grace and, and how to live godly today and how to live an a, a easy, light life today. And then right after that, we're going to start a series called The Reasonable Life, and God only knows how long that's going to last because it's going to be real powerful and it's going to change the way you live if you apply it in your life. Amen. But I have one last message before we move on, and I'm really excited to, to speak it and to preach it and teach it tonight. You did not receive this just for yourself, but you received this to be a blessing. All this time, for the past two weeks, we've been looking at all the blessings you've had. And it's not just for yourself, but it's for you to be a blessing. The title of my message tonight is Blessed to be a Blessing. Blessed to be a Blessing. It's funny, actually. Uh, Matthew, or uh, sorry, Andrew, when he gave the tithe and offering message, he quoted a scripture, and I'm actually quoting it. It's my, my, my scripture for tonight. Uh, it's Matthew 10, verse 7. So if you're there, go ahead and open up. If you have a Bible, sorry, open up to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew is the first gospel. It's the first book of the New Testament. Uh, by the way, if, if, if there's people here who don't know what the Bible is, the Bible simply means book. It's a bunch of books put together. Uh, it's the inspired Word of God. God inspired every word in this Bible. So we believe in the Word of God. Amen. We believe that it, that it edifies us. We believe it feeds us. We believe that it, it's life to us like bread is life to us, like food is life to us. The Bible says that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth or that comes from the mouth of God. And that is what this is. That's why we call it the Word of God. Well, Matthew happens to be the first book of the New Testament, or even better yet, the New Covenant. The New Covenant that Jesus gave when he died, and when he rose again, he offered a new covenant. And the new covenant is all about God's grace, and how he loves us, and how he saved us, and called us out of sin to live godly. Amen? Amen. You did not receive this just for yourself, but in order to be a blessing. Matthew 10, verse 7. Hey, Austin, you there, man? Let me see your Bible. He told me that he had the New Living, so I'm going to read out of the New Living. It says this. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of God, or sorry, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Give as freely as you have received. This is what it says in the message translation. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. 
Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Man, that's good. <laughs> Let me read that again. <clears throat> Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom of God is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. And then he says this. He says, you have been treated generously, so live generously. How many have been treated generously? And if you didn't raise your hand, if you didn't amen that, then you just have not looked at Jesus yet. You should go listen to that message two weeks ago. Because if you have put your faith in Jesus, you have been treated generously. Amen? You have been treated generously. And if you've been treated generously, you ought to live generously. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Would you pray with me? Father, tonight, Lord, we are so grateful and thankful thankful, God. We take a look at all that you've done and how good you are, and our, our rational response is to say, God, you're so good. Thank you. My life is but a response to you. God, help us to always be faithful with what you've given us, God, and help us always to be generous. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace that's on me to preach your word, and thank you for your grace and anointing on all the hearers, God, to receive, to hear and receive the word. God, give us uh, just good understanding to apply the word of God in our life. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we pull up that video as you're pulling it up? And don't push play yet, and we'll kind of hit the lights too in a second. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four. if you're taking notes, this is a good scripture. Uh, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. That's the New Living Translation. This is what it says in the English Standard Version. It says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. You hear that? One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give. What he should give and only suffers want. See, when you give generously, you just get more rich. This is God's principles. But when you withhold, you withhold what you should give. It's important that the Bible says you should give it. It's like the Bible is trying to tell you, this is what you should do. How many of you know want to know what you should do in life? Yeah. Well, God's giving you generously and God's saying, by the way, what you should also do is give generously as I have given generously to you. So give generously. And I'm not just talking financially tonight. We'll touch that tonight. But so many and so many other different ways. Give generously. You ready for that video? Go ahead. I'm waiting on you. So whenever it's ready. This is a clip from the movie Aladdin. How many of you like the movie Aladdin? <laughs> Let's watch it. It's about four minutes long. <laughs> you guys just started getting comfortable, huh? I love that movie. I watched that movie about uh, a couple months ago. I think it was back in December with Ashley, my wife. And uh, I love Aladdin. My favorite character is Abu. He is hilarious. Christianity is not a stolen piece of bread. My point I want to take from that, that message or from that, that clip is that Christianity is not like a stolen piece of bread. 
So don't be like a boo and be stingy with it. God's given you so much. You didn't steal it. You didn't stumble into what you have. It was given to you. Now, if you had stolen it, then I would expect you to be stingy. If you worked for it, then I might expect you to be stingy. If you tried real hard and begged real long, then I might expect you to be stingy like a boo. But because it was generously and freely and ungrudgingly given to you, then the reasonable act is to give, freely give generously. I was kind of thinking about this story with Ashley, and we're walking around the house thinking about this, this message and this, this principle, and I thought to myself, man, what is, what is, what is Christianity not like? And I, the best one I could come to was Christianity is not like, it's not like a toothbrush. We think about it, toothbrushes, you don't, a toothbrush is just yours. Now, if you're one of those people that share toothbrushes, that's a whole other message. <laughs> that's just weird. But Christianity is not like a toothbrush. Why? Because you don't give your toothbrush to somebody. Your toothbrush is for your dirty teeth. And if you don't get a toothbrush, like I said, it's a whole other message, but we can take a side note, go buy a toothbrush and use it. It's not like a toothbrush. It's more like, and, and you can go here with me, but it's more like a bowl of popcorn sitting around the movie. Yeah. Sitting around watching movie with family. It's like a bowl of popcorn. If you're like a boo, then it's not like that. But if you are like any family I've been around, and you, when you watch movies, usually the popcorn thing gets passed around every dirty hand and people sneezing and coughing, but everybody gets their share of popcorn. Christianity is more like that. Christianity is more like something that is given so that all can have. And I don't really want to go there too far, but it's kind of like a public restroom. And I know that's nasty, and it's kind of grotesque, but truly, it is. Now you get that nasty picture in your mind, but that's what, that's what it's like. It's for everybody. It's not like a toothbrush. You have been freely blessed. You have been freely blessed. Freely. Not because of what you did. Not because you worked so hard. Not because you had more understanding even. Not because your family taught you about Jesus. Now, Jesus used that, but that's not why you've been blessed. Not, because, even, not even because of your heritage, where your family tree line has come from. Not because of your height or your race. You have been freely blessed. Ephesians 1.3 says that Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. 
was about two years ago, the end of last year, so about a year and a half ago, I was having my daily Bible reading time, and I opened up to Ephesians 1, and I began to read, and I didn't get very far before I stumbled across Ephesians 1, verse 3, when God spoke to me through His Word, Gabriel, you are already blessed. You're already extremely blessed with every spiritual blessing. You don't got to try to steal it. You don't got to work for it. You just got to acknowledge it, unpack it, and apply it in your life. Your problem is that you're not blessed. Your problem is that you don't know that you're blessed. And it's my job and passion to tell you that you're already blessed. And it should be every preacher's passion to tell the people of God that they are already blessed because of what Jesus Christ has done. Because if it's anything else, then it's based on what you can do. And it's no longer based on what Jesus has done. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 breaks up. It has about ten different things that the Bible talks about what it gives us. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3 that He placed us in Christ. That we're placed in Christ. That we're blessed with every spiritual blessing. I think it's verse 4 that says that He chose us in Him. That you were chosen in Him. That God chose you. To be in Jesus. That He made us holy and righteous. To be without blame. Without spot before Him. God did this for you. To to put you in God without any blemish. You are righteous before Him. And this is key to understand because if you come stumbling in here last Thursday worshiping more than you did this Thursday, then your theology is wrong. I don't worship Jesus because I did really good last week. I worship Jesus because of what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago. And that is where my confidence comes from, is that Jesus Christ is my confidence because of what He did. He put me in God and made me righteous. And because of that, I'm going to worship God. And so now there's not one of you that stands condemned before God if your faith is in Jesus. But all of you stand without blame before God. And so now I'm going to come and worship boldly and confidently. God, what can I do? It's a question I always ask. God, how can I respond to a God that has been so generous? How can I really respond? Do I shout? Do I scream? Do I lie down? Do I cry? Do I laugh? I don't know what to do, Lord. Because you've been so generous. You've been so good that you have caused me to be holy and righteous in your sight. See, with this understanding, you'll worship a little differently, won't you? With this understanding, you'll wake up with a little bit more smile in your face. And I say this a lot because I want us all to get that you're not righteous because of what you've done, but because of Jesus. And I can never stop preaching and teaching this core truth. Because there's so many Christians today that are living and walking in condemnation and there's so many here even tonight. And if there's one lie that I want to destroy, it's that lie that you are not righteous. Now, if your faith isn't in Jesus, then yeah, sure you're not righteous. And I I encourage and challenge you, put your faith in Christ and you'll live abundantly and have eternal life. But if your faith is in Jesus and you are a Christian, by golly, you are righteous. And you ought to live thankful, grateful, and passionately, without fear. 
Before him, you're blameless. You're righteous. He adopted us as his children. He adopted you. He adopted you. You were an orphan. You were a spiritual orphan. And he spiritually adopted you as his child. He made us accepted in the beloved. You got a family now. You have Christians. If they don't accept you, they're wrong. Because you're accepted in the beloved. And that's one of our goals here at this church, at this, in this youth ministry, is that you would feel and find acceptance in the beloved. Not because of what you've done, but because of your faith in Jesus. You are a brother or a sister in Christ. And we join hands because you're our brother, you're our sister. We live and we die for our brother and our sister. You're accepted in the beloved. Forgiveness of sins. By his blood, your sins have been forgiven. We talked about that. You've obtained an inheritance. You have an inheritance. And man, there's so much more in that that's packed inside. What is your inheritance? We'll study the scripture and find out. But you have an inheritance. If you had an inheritance, wouldn't you want to know what it is? Well, then go to your word and find out what it is. The Bible says it in in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, that that, that Jesus was cursed so that you could become or so that you could receive the blessing of Abraham, the inheritance of Abraham. So go find out what that is. I can kind of give you some cliff notes. What that is is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The blessing of Abraham was righteousness by faith. That's your main inheritance, is that you're righteous by faith. I think there's a theme here tonight. You've been given the Holy Spirit as a seal. You've been given the Holy Spirit as a seal. That's so important. The Holy Spirit lives in you, dwells in you. Well, I don't really feel like it. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel tall, but I know I'm tall. It's a horrible example, but... (laughs) But it's the truth. Sometimes I don't feel... saved. Sometimes I don't feel... Like I'm a child of God. Sometimes I don't even live like it. But I'm a child of God. And I'm saved. And I'm righteous. And that's my faith because of what Jesus did. The final point in this, and and this is all out of Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, is that he made all this known to you. You didn't go looking for it. He made it known to you. God made it known. He opened your eyes. He he brought it to your mind. He brought it to your heart. He started the work in you. And He's not going to finish. There's so much more. Much, much more. But these are some of your blessings. And these are the foundation of your blessings. So therefore, freely... And liberally be generous. Because you have been freely given so much, be generous in the life that you live. Have a life that is open-handed. Don't live a toothbrush Christian life. Don't be a boo. Don't be a boo. A boo? Who's that? Boo. No. Don't be a boo. 
I love his face, you know, when he, when he takes that bite and his eyes get humongous and he turns away. I love that guy. But man, the sad thing is he looks like so much of us. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I mean, some of us are, are a little taller, but still looks just like some of us. Because we think we did something for our faith. We think we did something for our salvation. You didn't. You just, you just got it. And that's your faith. You hold on to that faith. You hold on to Jesus. A couple months ago I preached, hold fast to Him. Hold tightly. Don't let go. Don't give up. Hold on to Him. Live generously. I, I, I really am, am doing the best I can to help make the Word of God applicable to you. I've been doing the best I can. I want to keep doing that. I, want to, I don't want to just preach some inspiring thing to you because I believe if I just preach some inspiring thing to you, you're not really going to change. So my goal is that every time somebody teaches or preaches from this pulpit or from this, from in this youth ministry is that they don't only inspire you, but they give you practical application on how to live this out. Does that sound good? Gabriel, that's, that sounds cool, man. Thanks for, thanks for telling me I need to be generous. Now I'm going to go home and crawl on a cave because I'm just like a boo. <laughs> no, I want to give you practical ways you can apply this in your life. So the best way to do that is to find out what have you been given and you ought to give the same thing that's been given to you. Does that sound fair? You should give what's been given to you. And so let's find out what have we been given. Give what you have been given. And we're going to start first spiritually. You have, been, you have spiritually been given and shown mercy. Mercy. Can we just start there? And man, we could just... And all these, there's so many messages. And I, I really encourage you to take notes because there's so much in this. And there's, so, there's a, literally a year or two, two years worth of messages and teaching and preaching. But I'm going to cover a lot. And I'm asking, I'm hoping that those things seek into your heart tonight. Mercy. God has shown you mercy. You know what mercy means? He gave you pity. He showed you pity. Not because of anything you did, but just because of mercy. He looked on you because of His love with which He loved you. He showed you mercy. Ephesians 2.4 is probably my favorite scripture in the Bible. And it starts off with this three-letter word, but probably the most important word in the Bible. Because if this word was not in the Bible, then we wouldn't be standing here today. And that word is but. But God, who was rich in mercy, because of His love with which He loved you, He saved you. But God. It goes into into detail about how you were dead in sin and you were were lost and you were following the the devil and you you were an object of wrath. You were a person, an object, an item of wrath. Because of your sinful life and the life that you've chosen to live. And because of original sin that has affected you because you were born a sinner. God's wrath was justly to be shown to you. And then my, most, my favorite verse probably in the whole Bible is Ephesians 2.4. But God, who is rich in mercy, who is rich in mercy, he's, he's got an ample supply of mercy. Because of his love with which he loved you and loves you. He saved you. He called you. He chose you. He redeemed you. You were shown mercy, so you ought to show mercy. And the key thing about this is that mercy does not have a price to it. 
It's just given. I don't charge somebody to let them off the line. I don't charge somebody and I don't let them feel the guilt and the shame when they, when they sinned against me or when they did something to me. My job is not to make them feel that. But my job is to let them off the line and to receive them. Mercy. Show mercy. You've been forgiven. This ties in with that. But to partner with mercy, you've been forgiven, so you ought to forgive. Amen? There's a whole teaching that R.T. Kendall, an awesome teacher, just came to Abbot Luke last Sunday, two Sundays ago, and taught on total forgiveness. Great message. Encourage you to get it. You've been adopted. Gabriel, how do I apply that in my life? You've been given adoption. How do you apply that in your life? You include somebody. You know, I think one of the most important things we can do as Christians with other Christians is receive one another. Romans is a really uh, powerful, powerful uh, book. It's a, it's a foundational, fundamental Christian doctrine book. It tells you all about salvation and God and, and uh, really, really, um, really in-depth, really powerful book. And it comes, it closes in Romans 15. And Paul is writing to this church in Rome. And he's, he's writing this whole letter because there was a lot of division between the Jews and the Gentiles. And so Paul was bringing real good teaching to them and saying, look, you need to be unified because it's, it's all under Jesus. You're, you're righteous by, by, because, of the, because of Jesus and because of faith, not because you're circumcised or uncircumcised, not because of any of that. It's simply because of Jesus and because of your faith in Jesus is why you're righteous. At the very end, he says, he says in Romans 15, I think it's in like verse 7, he says, he says receive one another as you have been received. Receive one another. The best way to apply that you've been adopted, the best way to be generous in that, is to include people in your life. It's probably the hardest thing to do, at least for me, one of the hardest things, because I like to just be alone sometimes. You might think that's weird, but I do. I'm actually more of an introvert than I'm an extrovert. I'm learning this with my friend Christina. I am a crazy, I'm, I, I just like being alone. You can find me sitting in my house with the doors shut, literally, blinds closed, and I'll sit there with this on my lap or with a with book on my lap or just looking at the ceiling. <laughs> and I'll just sit there and think. I don't talk, I just sit there. It's weird. I don't get my, I don't, I'm weird. And I, and I don't want, you, you might call me, I won't answer. I won't answer. It's the only personal answer is my wife. I'm not going to answer the phone. Leave me alone. Because it's just easy to do that, I feel that way. You know, I feel that it's easy to do that, for me at least. And so for me to include somebody is not, not my, my number one deal. Sometimes, sometimes I just want to be always alone. And that's weird, but that's, that's me in a nutshell sometimes. That's kind of how I feel. So it's kind of being out there, so love me. <clears throat> Thanks, brother. You've been adopted, so you ought to include somebody into your life. Amen? Include somebody. Learn how to include. Go look for somebody to include. God went and found you as an orphan and included you and his family. You ought to find somebody to include in your life. Go look for somebody. Even here tonight. Receive one another. Build that godly family. Let there be unity in the family. 
Let us all love one another and lay our lives down for one another because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Live beyond what this culture tells you that you're just people. You're just, you just evolved from an animal. No, you did not just evolve from an animal. Amen? Amen. Amen. But you are blood-bought, spirit-filled, child, children of God. That's who you are, and that's how you ought to live, as children of God. One big, happy family. Include somebody. That's a whole other message, but include somebody. You've been adopted. You can be generous and find somebody to include. You have access. This kind of ties into that as well. You have access to God's kingdom. He gave you access. Or Hebrews 4.16, right? Come boldly to the throne room of grace. Ephesians 2.18 says that you have access to God, God the Father. If you have been given and granted access, then I challenge you to be somebody that's approachable. You ought to be approachable. That's a generous life. Your hands are open and you're approachable. And that ties in with being including, being somebody that's an includer, is that you're approachable. People can approach you. You have a way to you. It's not hard to find you, but when they need you, they can approach you. Some of you are like, yeah, Gabriel, you should listen to your own message. I tried getting a hold of you. You don't answer your phone. We should be approachable. Now, I'm not saying you answer every phone call and you just, you just give 15 people a car ride and you only got one seat because you got, that, you got a single cab. <laughs> I'm just trying to be approachable, Gabriel said. Bless God. Get my car. Sound like Joel Osteen there. <laughs> but you got to be approachable in your life. Amen? Amen. You have been served. That's a crazy one. We don't think about that very much. But as I was meditating on this, you've been served. Remember Jesus said... He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Jesus has served you. You might not have been there when He did it, when He was living on earth, but he, His whole life was in service to God and to you. He served His whole life, and He still is serving in so many different ways you. And the angels are serving you, the Bible says. To serve you. There's so many so, so many. Angels that serve you daily. It's a whole, we don't even talk about that very much. That's an important deal. Angels are, are, are commissioned by God to serve you and your needs. So you ought to serve. How many know we ought to serve some more? And the, the key is this, is, is when you serve, this is, a, this, is, this is so important, when you serve this is, I, this is me, at least. I'm preaching to myself right now. When I serve, I want people to know I serve. You know what I mean? Right. There's, this, there's this evil thing in my heart that wants people to know. Hey, did you see that? <laughs> Ashley, she uh, come home almost, for the most part, every night she always has dinner made. And it's, 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 it's amazing. I get to see this beautiful woman, and then there's dinner. It's just like <laughs> two favorite things in the world, man. <laughs> My wife and food. And uh, 
and she cooks dinner, and, and she gets done, and, and I kind of ex- just kind of expect her to just be done and not do dishes and stuff. And I was doing dishes last night, and I remember as I was doing dishes thinking, I wanted to say, honey, you see I'm doing these dishes? <laughs> and I thought to myself, man, you're wicked. <laughs> so I didn't say nothing to her. Because there's something inside of us that wants to do things to get something back. You know what I mean? We want to serve so that people know, hey, he's serving. God, forgive us for doing that. Let us serve freely. Let us serve to serve because we have been served. Man, if there's anything that we've been served, we've been served Jesus. God has given us Jesus and in, and and and. Put him in our hearts. We ought to serve freely. Amen? Amen. Serve. It's a good way you can give and be generous. You have the gifts of the Spirit. There's some kind of gift you have that's been given to you. Use those gifts to edify one another. You can teach, teach somebody. You got a, you got a prophetic gift? Well, don't just wait till someday you're standing before one million people and you're going to prophesy to the nations and... My goodness, just prophesy to your little brother, your little sister. Speak life over somebody. And you don't got to say, thus says the Lord. Man, just tell them what you think God's telling them to say. Use your gifts to edify one another. That ties in also with service. A lot of these things are kind of coined together, aren't they? Use your gifts to serve. You like, you like being hospitable, letting people in your house, and, 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 and cooking food, and trying to think of people I know who actually like this, but cooking food and serving them when they're at your place or at your apartment or at your house, then do that. Serve people. Use your gift to serve them. You got the gift of service, serve. You got the gift of compassion. Use your, that gift and serve people. Edify people. Use your gifts to serve. You've been given gifts. Use them. You've been protected. You have protection. You have been given protection. God is our shield and our strength, the Bible says. The Bible says that He is our high tower that we can run to to find safety and refuge. That's been given and granted to you. Well, I don't really feel like that. Well, that's been given. It's, you have the access. You have the availability of that thing. So I encourage you, protect people. Protect your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Protect that person that's sitting next to you. When somebody's gossiping or slandering about the person sitting next to you or the person sitting across the room that you know is a Christian, and whether they're a Christian or not, it don't matter. Protect that person because God is protecting you. Freely you have received, so you ought to freely give. And don't go up to them and say, hey, by the way, somebody was slandering about you, and I protected you, man. I got your back. Because that's the same deal. You're just trying to be praised because you did a good deed. Just like Abu. Because you think you did something for it. You didn't do nothing for it. Amen. Protect somebody. You've been loved. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. Amen. And like I said, all these things are so much in these love somebody. And there's so much packed into that. And we'll talk about that in the reasonable life. But... But love somebody, serve somebody, and, and, and give somebody through love. You have been blessed by word or blessed vocally. God has spoken life over you. That's what you have received. So I challenge and encourage you to use your lips, your word, your vocal cords to bless somebody. 
Find somebody to bless. You didn't do nothing to be blessed by God verbally. So take what you've got and bless somebody else. God's spoken over you life. Speak life over somebody. Amen? Amen. You've, been, you've been verbally blessed. I love it. It's in 1 John 3. It says you've been called children of God. I like that. You've been called that. I've been called lots of names, but the best name I've been called is a child of God. So use your words to bless people. The Bible says, let there be grace on your lips so that the hearers may be edified. By your words, do you know that you can impart grace to people? You can speak grace, power. You have the power of life and death on your tongue. Bless somebody. Amen? Amen. Bless somebody. You've been, spoken, you've been spoken over blessing upon blessing, so I encourage you to bless somebody. God's been compassionate with you. How many of you know God's been compassionate with you? The end of Matthew 9, right before Matthew 10, Jesus says, and he, 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 he says that he, he looks on all the people. Right? I remember Mariah preached a message about this about four years ago. That God... God came and looked at all, Jesus came and saw all the people and he was moved, the Bible says he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. You should be moved with compassion for people because God's been compassionate toward you and he's shown you compassion and he is still showing you compassion. Well, I don't feel like, well, he is. You just got to set your mind on it. You just got to acknowledge it. Show compassion to somebody. Be compassionate. You've been comforted. How many have been comforted? How many have gone through, like the song we were singing earlier, there's, there's raging waves and seas that are tossing and turning and throwing you up and down. Right? But you've been comforted in the middle of those things. Comfort somebody. Find somebody to comfort. I remember me and uh, I went through a tough time uh, last fall and a real tough time, probably the toughest time of my life I've ever been through. And my brother Reed, when I was crying when I was weeping, when I was bawling, when I was frustrated, when I was confused, when things did not make sense, when everything was dark. Reed Anderson, my brother, one of my closest friends, and part of it was because of that. He was just there to be with me, to show me, to, to comfort me, to love me, to listen to me, to cry with me, to pray for me, to bless me. He didn't ask for anything. He didn't remind me three months later, hey, you know what, I blessed you. Remember that time I comforted you? That communicates the, the love of Christ far beyond just even me preaching up here right now. He preached way more messages than any of us could preach by simply being there with me in my toughest time. Show compassion and comfort somebody in your life. Find somebody that's, that's having a tough time and comfort them. Man, this is a good one too. God's given you a listening ear. Isn't that cool? One of my favorite things in the, in the Gospels, I don't know where it is, it's probably in Luke, but... Uh, because Luke was very particular about what, what particular things Jesus did and didn't do. And he comes across uh, this time where somebody was talking. The Bible says that Jesus listened to him. Jesus listened to him. And for some reason, that just blew off the pages to me and showed me that, that God listens to us. God gives you his listening ear. Now, now, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says that that don't go nowhere. Your prayers don't go nowhere. But how many know that because we have access into God's throne because of what Jesus did, God listens to your prayers. You're not speaking to a deaf God. 
You're not speaking to a God that's ears are plugged and going, bah, 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 bah. you're speaking to a God that hears your words. He has a listening ear that he has offered to you. So listen, listen to somebody else. Offer an ear. I love that movie, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Lend me your ears. <laughs> Boom, they throw their ears at people. Remember that movie? Yeah. Crazy. Throw your ear at somebody. That's nasty. Lend me your ears. I think there's so many people, especially unbelievers in this world, that are saying, would somebody lend me their ear? Would somebody give me their ear? I just want to tell you something. Man, I just, I'm the guiltiest one here probably. I'm the best at lending my mouth before my ear. I want to be by myself all day long, but then when I get around somebody, I want to lend them my mouth. You want my mouth? Not really. <laughs> Your ears are kind of cute though. You have an intercessor. His name is Jesus. Jesus is interceding for you. Say amen. Amen. Jesus is interceding for you. He's standing before the Father and he's, he's interceding for you. He's praying for you. He's speaking blessing on your behalf. He's making sure that the devil and the demons are being knocked down and washed away so that you can be protected. And if they do come and attack you, he's going to make sure that you're going to make it through on the other side. Because our God, Jesus, is interceding for you. So, so you know what? There's a whole other message too. Intercede. We ought to be praying for one another. This one, this one challenged me more than anyone, any other one. Is I need to be praying more, especially for you, but specifically just for people, for Christians, for godly Christians, for Christians. We ought to be praying for people. We ought to li- use our ear to listen more to God and use our mouth to bless other people and to pray for other people. But usually it's a, fl- it's a flip-flop. We want to hear what people say about us, right? And then we want to tell them about us, don't we? But it should be a reverse. We should bless them and pray for them and listen to them. I'm almost done. You've been given the gospel. You've been given the gospel. The gospel is in your hands. You carry the message of the gospel. You carry that message. It goes everywhere you go. So preach it. Tell somebody about Jesus. Anybody. If they don't look like Jesus, tell them about Jesus. That guy really don't look like he knows Jesus. Hey, man, come here real quick. <laughs> I was praying for you the other day. And just preach the gospel. Live it and preach it. Tell somebody about it. You don't need a pulpit to preach the gospel. You don't even need an audience. <laughs> In the streets. Preach the gospel. And finally, you've been given grace upon 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 grace. And actually that word kind of denotes that that grace never stops coming. It just keeps coming. So to sum it all up, just keep giving grace. And keep blessing somebody. And find a way to bless somebody because you have freely been blessed. Worship team, could you make your way up here? My final point as people are making their way, the worship team is making their way up here is, I, I've, I have so much more, but I just got caught up. Can I just run through a list real quick? You've been physically and materially blessed. Money, your vehicle, your intelligence, food, you're an athlete, whatever it is, you're a musician. You got a vehicle, give somebody a ride. 
You got some food, give somebody some food. You got some money, give money. This is why we tithe and this is why we give. Tithing is the first 10% of all of our income. We tithe that. We give that to God as an offering to Him. And then we give more on top of that out of generosity. There's so much you've been blessed with. And my final point is do this without charge. Do this without charge. Don't ask for a payment. Don't remind somebody. Don't try to get something from somebody. Just do it because you should. You know what's crazy? Is that you don't have to do any of this. You can leave tonight and you can do whatever you want. I might question if you're saved, but you can still do whatever you want to do. Just being honest. The Bible said there should be fruit that you're saved. Amen? Not too many amens on that. There should be fruit that you're saved. Amen? Amen. You don't have to do any of this. I love it. R.C. Sproul says it this way. He's a Bible teacher. He says, you've been free to not do what you have to do, but do what you ought to do. It's like the Egypt, the, the, the people in Israel that were taken out of Egypt. They were set free to do what they ought to do. What I just gave you is a list of things that you ought to do. They're commanded, yes. And my point is saying that you have to. My point is saying that, that it's not like a law that you have to do it. But you ought to do it. And you'll be held accountable when you stand before God if you do it or don't do it. Because He commanded it. And whether you do it or not, He still loves you. But because of that basic and powerful promise, we ought to love all the more. That He loves us regardless, regardless, regardless of what we do. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. You have been treated generously. So live generously. Would you stand please? Would you stand with me?